sit down, I'll listen, wait, relax my dudes, it's not too late to join in with these awesome fans, marble at there. Some chips and OC fix and mean to meet the best girl queen, a hydrant squad that just won't wait to ignore all the toxic shit. It's a podcast. It's also a gun. Hey guys, welcome back to the Geekening Podcast. Today we're going to talk about voice acting once again with Theo Verroring Rex. Hi Theo. Hello, hello, hello. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Um, yes, that's me. I'm Theo, aka the Roy Rex, at least on the internet. And I happen to be a voice actor too. And and stuff but yeah uh, pretty happy to be here thank you very much pleasure's ours so tell us a bit more about yourself all righty then um so to start off obviously from as you said voice acting i'm a voice actor and i do voice acting you know it's the standard thing you say funny little things into the microphone and stuff but yeah that's uh, that's what i do and I also like movies, video games, and stuff. Some franchises and shows, and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I just really like that. That and dinosaurs. I also really like them. But yeah. Tell us a bit more about your work. So work. I am. Well, admit I am kind of new. Like I am starting out as a voice actor, but I have gotten a role. I have got like jobs at least one so far and been so uh, since then you know trying out different gigs and some still going on that they didn't you know reach a conclusion yet so there's still a maybe for all kinds of auditions and stuff but I'm, I don't necessarily have any big backgrounds and anything that I can say at the moment and the thing that I did record for is it didn't come out yet so can't really talk about that neither but but yeah, uh, best I can say is I do voice acting. And how did you get into voice acting? Good question. I'd always thought of it as in, there were a lot of inspirations. I don't necessarily have a one person who inspired me into this. There's thousands and thousands of people I can think of. Some big names, some not. Um, again, let's say like from the big ones, I could definitely mention Jack Black uh, and Mark Hamill. Those two are good examples that I can think of of voice acting and stuff. And especially how I grew up with with like the Kung Fu Panda movies with Jack Black's performance and everything. But moving on from that, there's many others of like, you know, more modern voice actors, I guess, the ones that are more newer to this, or, and uh, let me try again. Just basically other people too, that are not the say famous, you know, celebrity kind of deal thing. 
Michael Kovac, Kellen Goff, Elsie Lovelock, Ed Bosco, and many more that I'm don't want to spend too much time trying to remember their names and stuff. Oh, wait, wait. I think I have an extra more I can think of. Yeah, nah. That's kind of it. There's definitely more than just the ones I mentioned. So do you say that these people inspired you to get into voice acting? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, Rick, I mean, more than just that, I guess. Like, yes, the voice actors were great. Again, Jonah Scott is, uh, Jonah Scott is also a great inspiration, too. Now that's another one I remember. But I guess the whole thing of enjoying just voicing wackadoodle characters and scenarios, because I grew up with a lot of animated movies from the years. And I knew, eventually I, I knew how it worked for the most part, the whole voice acting stuff. And I just kind of been a fan of it, I guess, but I didn't really get into it till like two years ago and stuff. So it's not like I've been practicing for incredibly long. I only really got into this with with recent classes I took back in those years, which started with my Spanish dubbing because I'm bilingual voice actor, both Spanish and English. And sometime later, I started to do also English uh, BA practice with another teacher. and And I really want to thank them a lot. They really taught me many things and probably wouldn't, got, wouldn't have gotten as far as I would have without them. And obviously the support of family and stuff. But yeah. I was going to ask you about you being bilingual. Obviously, Spanish is your first language. Is acting in your mother tongue different from acting in English? Well, outside of the obvious language differences of me speaking in Spanish, Spanish, hola, como va? That means, hello, how are you doing? Um, at least in my case, what we do is Latin America, because I'm from South America and specifically, I just happen to be somewhere else right now. But there's kind of this little business where uh, the Latino America dubbing for movies, anything basically, from Mexico all the way to... Yeah, you know, the whole bit of South America is more mostly if you were to watch something there, its language accent would be universal because, yes, we have a bunch of different Spanish kinds of ways of speaking, I guess. Argentinian is different and Mexico is a different kind of Spanish. But because of that, Latino America has a unique language or not language accent, I think is the better word for it. English uh, would be uh, neutral Spanish and in Spanish would be Castellano Neutro and, and stuff. Well, I mean, I don't have necessarily the highest range when it comes to accents necessarily outside of the obvious neutral accent that was specifically made for, for Spanish dubbing in Latino America, where we would say words in a different manner and stuff compared to the original, how it would be said in, uh, it's in Argentina. Let's say the word, the word uh, ella, uh, that means her in Spanish. In Argentina, we would say ella, like, like that. But in neutral Spanish, we would kind of make it more ella, ella, ya, je, ji, yo, ju. Like we would change a bit of the concept of the wording in, in that. It, it was basically like a neutral Spanish for all countries in South America. 
or at least the Spanish ones. So there's no need to have different kinds of different accent versions of the same language being in Spanish for different movies, shows, or, or games. What about English? With English, it's technically more varied in, in the industry as that's more whatever, I guess. It can be any kind of English, British, US English, New York. Like there's a lot more different kinds of things there. So I don't think dubbing itself is in English at least as one-sided because in Spanish, it's all one specific accent. In English, it's just whatever fits the scene and the character, I'm guessing. If it's if they want British voice actors, they have British voice actors. I don't know. I guess that's one way to look at it. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not as experienced in the English stuff yet as I only had uh, work on the Spanish dubbing for, uh, for something I did. But I've been uh, knowing how, uh, learning how things go in the industry somewhat. Obviously, the most popular accents in English dubs are the British accent and the American accent. What about Spanish? What would be the most popular accent in Spanish dubbing? Well, technically, it would be it would be this uh, the, the neutral Spanish because that's the thing. There isn't many outside of things that were made in in a home country specifically. You know, like an actual property that was made by some like indie studio and stuff and didn't get, you know, they're not, they're not releasing it everywhere. Most, at least like um, for at least famous movies that come on like on cinemas everywhere, you know, big studios, Disney or something that would have neutral Spanish everywhere and stuff. So even to take a good example, Coco, uh, that Pixar movie, that lovely little movie, it's Spanish isn't really Mexican. I mean, there is some Mexican to it, to be fair, as yes, it's a it takes place in Mexico, but I guess that's more of just a context chance there. But most movies, at least studio-wise, uh, you know, cinemas, the Hollywood, get that treatment. Except Spain. In Spain, it's Spain language uh, accent. You know, it's like a very different kind of Spanish compared to South America Spanish, or at least Argentina or Mexico. What you're saying is that Spanish dubs are done in neutral Spanish, like a kind at of Spanish that's America. accessible to everyone. Yeah, basically that, at least for Spanish countries in South America. Spain just does its own thing in that case, but that's kind of it, basically. I mean, outside of projects that were made homemade there that are not like, you know, Hollywood, they're... There weren't. There wouldn't be anything much on TV that would be of that kind of language, with uh, maybe advertisements from the place, but that would kind of be it. But yeah. How do you describe your style of voice acting? My style of voice acting. Well, that's a good question. When thinking about it, it's kind of a. I mean, it's not like there's any specific strategy. I guess, at least in my experience. It's just simply doing a certain method to it. Obviously, a popular one is moving your hands to really get into the scene, which I do myself even without noticing sometimes. But as that goes, I don't think I necessarily have any unique, I guess, sets or styles of voice acting outside of the obvious microphone, little box room, safe thing into mic. But 
I mean, if now that goes more into like, what should you have to voice act and stuff, which it's not that complex of an answer. You just need a room that you can, at least if you're starting out, at least can mute most audio from the outside and inside and an XLR mic microphone and an interface. Those three things basically, but yeah. Do you record at home? Yes, I record at home and stuff, which I think is probably one of the best things that really got me into voice acting. Because, I mean, yes, I, I am aware that sometimes in voice acting, at least back in the day before, you know, pandemic uh, happened, people would go to the studios and stuff and record there in those little rooms and someone would manage everything. But ever since uh, that happened uh, back in November 2019, I think like to to think about it, the pandemic really, I think, gave a big boost for a lot of people trying to get into voice acting, especially for the fact, ow, that's my elbow, um, apologies, um, especially for the fact that you can work from home and, and big studios have been working with voice actors from home. So the fact that big studios, especially the one that I got to voice act for, the dubbing at least, was okay with my setup, really gives me hope that they're not going to just go back to normal afterwards, after the pandemic ends. Because that'd be silly, you know. It's such a perfect opportunity to work from home and stuff. Because it gives you more opportunity to not have to deal with the whole, you know, you must go here and go to our studio. Now it's just, all right, let's get into this thing. We record. We have another guy doing the audio checks or whatever. The, the mixing, I think is the word. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's mixing. And yeah, it's all around great, which also, which obviously was a big boost into me getting into voice acting. And do you have any tips for recording at home? Recordings? Um, I do have fan-made recordings, like ones that I did with my teachers for practice, at least the Spanish one, because the, the most classes would be this. We get a random scene, we use a bit of the mixing tools to mute out the audio and I would record over them and dub basically, basically dub them. And as that would go on, my teacher would edit everything to make sure it's synced up and then would send it to me when it's done and I enjoy it and share it with friends and family. And it's a good way to practice in any language to just dub over a scene of a character, especially if it's something you yourself enjoy. And it's a good way to really practice voice acting, obviously. But yeah, but not but not paid yet, at least. That's not what I was asking you about, but that's interesting. I oh, was sorry, actually asking you if you had any advice for people recording at home. Oh, I didn't hear the advice, but I'm so sorry. Oh gosh. Uh, so about that, the best advice for recording. Um, well, don't get, sh I guess how my teacher likes to say is don't be afraid of the microphone, which is quite hard to do even for me. Like I'm not going to pretend, oh, it's easy because no, no, it's not. Yeah, especially with having anxiety and stuff doesn't help you there when you, 
you know, get nervous and stuff, especially when you're actually recording for real or like an actual work. Yeah, it, it can be a bit difficult. Best I can say is breathe and just not really think too much of what's going on. That's what at least one of my teachers have said to me when recording stuff. That when you're recording, don't think too much like you're just reading the script, like, and this then proceed to happen, you know, which can really break the mood and emotion of the character. Because after all, it's not just the voice, but the acting. So you still you need to get the acting across. And the fact that you're a faceless voice uh, through a animation or whatever it may be, you can't show that with your physic, uh, physicality, you know? Like, yes, I get, I, I said before, it's a good thing to move your hands, but that's only kind of it. They would never really see that. They would just hear you. So best thing is to just stop thinking and get into the scene, really get the emotion and stuff. And it's okay if you don't get it right the first or third time. Take you a few rounds sometimes to really get the hang of a line and stuff. But yeah. And obviously for tools of recording, XLR mic interface and enough pillows or even studio booths for recording. That's the best I can say, at least for that other bit. But yeah. What's your favorite genre of voice acting? Genre of voice acting. I never didn't even know there was a thing you could mix into the into that. I mean, I guess you can say there's like, you know, live action dubbing where we dub live action movies, you know, as those get that kind of dubs for any language in both animation and live action movies. So I guess we can call that a genre. Like, I don't know, that word always confuses me and it's in what it means because sometimes they use it for things that are not genres like animation, cough, cough, it's a form of art. Um, but for, for the actual thing, I think, yes, I do prefer animation voice acting, you know, because you're voicing, you can be more exaggerated with everything compared to a live action scene where you really need to be more realistic and stuff. Not saying it's awful or any worse, just to have a bit of a preference, but I'll do it. Uh, I'll still, I, I have been practicing live action stuff too, like uh, for whenever I ever record any if I do but I guess you can call that a genre of sorts if if that's the right usage of of the word I don't know but it's something like that basically and also I guess I should mention because it happens to relate with the whole live action dubbing sometimes if there's a specific actor who would be considered the voice actor of the Spanish version of an actor's voice okay an example the actor for Jack Sparrow, what was his name? Um, Johnny Depp, that's the name. He's a good example of, of the thing because basically that man, when in Spanish dub or in the Spanish dub in probably other languages, there's only one guy who will voice anything that has his, his actor in it for the Spanish dub, at least in my case that I found. And I actually met the guy who is basically the Spanish voice of Johnny Depp's characters because he did the voice like for Rango because Johnny Depp was Rango in that movie. Jack Sparrow because it was Jack Sparrow and so on and so on. Basically anything Johnny Depp related 
even my Spanish dub teacher is specifically a voice of a certain actress of the English side of things where she's the only voice that they need for her and stuff. That's kind of how it goes, at least in Spanish dubbing and probably other languages. I don't know how that goes exactly, but yeah. That's interesting. I actually never knew that certain actors would have designated voice actors. Yeah, for at least languages, yeah. If their voice is not too different, I'm guessing, though. I don't know. But yeah, it's pretty cool little detail that I found out at some point. Do you prefer acting in English or in Spanish? Oh, good, good one there. Well, let's see how to put it. There's a, a lot of benefits being bilingual, so it's not like I have a, hate, a dislike for one language than another, and I'm happy with having both languages, Spanish and English. I think I'm just happy with both, personally. I don't really consider one more than the other. I mean, I mostly just, eh, if I can get a good role, I'm happy. It can just be a, like, for me, it doesn't even have to be English or Spanish. If it's literally just a little lizard that appears in some movie or some short that just goes black and then never appears again i'm good i'm happy but it's better than nothing and i'm genuinely would be proud to be the voice of the random lizard that appears that only says blah and never appears again i don't know that's a good way to look at it at least for me so would you say that you like acting in both languages equally personally yeah and of course you can have your preferences but personally I'm happy with anything, any any of the two voices, like personally. Don't have a particular likeness or preference, I guess that's the word. As I, I have equal classes for both languages, so yeah. How can our listeners find your work? You can follow me on my Twitter, at the Roaring Rex, at the Roaring Rex account, that's the account. And that's where you'll see me post a bunch of not random stuff, but also voice work occasionally. I do have my both my Spanish and English demos all, uh, up there. So if you if you wish to give it a listen, uh, you can find them right there. And then uh, obviously my LinkedIn is the Teo Pinero. And that, yeah, that's kind of it for at least where can people find any of my other works and future works. Well... You heard the man. If you want to follow his work, you can head to Twitter on AdvaroingRex. And if you want to listen to more podcasts, you can head to allagesofgeek.com. Leo, thank you so much for your time and for joining us. Yes, thank you very much. It was a fun time. Still, apologies on misunderstanding a few questions and saying completely unrelated things. But yeah, but yeah. And to conclude it all, I'll just simply say to the listeners, at least the, anyone that's interested in the VA work, just this, don't get scared of it, or at least don't think too hard on it. Because in the end of the day, just enjoy it. That's the real fun in everything. You get to enjoy things. And honestly, that's better than anything else. But yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone. We're signing off.